Hi everyone, welcome back to Being Youthful. I am Kim Beegler. I'm the owner of Youthful Fiber Farm and Mill and I am sitting here in the mill. Uh, welcome, if you are new, I talk all about wool and fiber and in this episode I'm gonna do a quick little talk about my trip to Maryland Sheep and Wool and my trip little, trip little, my quick trip back east to see family and I think I'm gonna do a little farm tour then. And I have a couple of little videos from the festival that I took while I was there. It was a whirlwind. So anyway, if you're new, welcome. If you're coming back, those are the things I'm gonna talk about. So thanks for coming back again. Uh, I'm home, I'm sitting in the mill, and I just wanted to pop on. I don't have a ton because I have been gone. Uh, I don't have mill videos. I'm working on Fiber Club. That is starting to flow out the door. So next time I'll have some videos of that and everything else I've been working on. But I wanted to share with you just a little bit about Maryland Sheep and Wool in case you haven't been because it was my first time and I will be going back. I ended up, um, I was there for a little over half a day basically. I flew in late on Friday night. And for those of you that haven't been, I believe the way it works for them is there are a lot of classes happening, but I think that most of the classes happen during the week leading up to the actual festival itself. And then Saturday and Sunday is when the sheep shows are and the vendors are there and there's so much going on. So um, my cat's about to jump on my lap. I forgot to get her chair. Okay, I got her a chair. We'll see if that works, but she'll probably be on my lap, although it's a little warm. Anyway, um, so classes, festival vending, all that stuff is Saturday, Sunday. So I flew in late on Friday night because I was kind of just doing this as a last minute addendum to my trip to go see family in North Carolina. How many chances? Well, now there's gonna be a lot more chances, but anyway, I flew in late Friday night, all went smoothly. Um, Got up Saturday morning, went to get my rental car, which I had reserved, of course. I had to wait for two hours for my rental car, even with a reservation. So note to self, rent your cars not from Hertz or Thrifty <laughs> or Dollar. I think they're all owned by Hertz. So I would steer clear of Hertz for a while, especially if you're in a big city. Um, they're having some issues. But the inner Zen in me came out. Luckily, this is something my husband has taught me so well. He is so patient about things like this. And I just channeled my inner Mitch and I was like, just, just get your knitting out and do it. The only problem was I hadn't had coffee or breakfast, but I had some trail mix, so we made it work. And on the way to the festival, last minute before you get into the festival, there was a Dunkin' Donuts, which if you're an East Coaster, you know Dunkin' Donuts. And um, I grew up on Dunkin' Donuts, so I cruised in the air, got a coffee, a donut on my way. I'm a huge donut person, huge. Like I had several donuts on this trip. It was all worth it. Anyway, festival was so fun. You what i mean there is um there are cars everywhere there's a couple of different fields i mean like large we're in the country um out where you are and it reminded me so much of my childhood because my dad used to when we would drive him to work when we would stay back there in the summer um he lived in rockville maryland that's where i grew up and we would drive him to work and he lived he worked kind of out in the country he lived in the suburb but worked out sort of in the country so driving out there was just like driving my dad to work so we could have the car for the day um it seemed just like the same thing you know a slightly different part of the state i think but not really they're very close anyway i could have been on those back roads driving my dad to work but and when you pull up i mean there was a line 
it went really quickly, but it had to be at least a mile outside of the festival. And I showed up somewhere between 11 and noon. That was the line to get to the parking, but it was very quick um, to get into the parking, super well organized. There was parking in so many fields. Some people had to park out and take shuttles in. I luckily, I think I came late enough that they were parking us latecomers very close so i just had to i could just zip right out and get to the festival um but it was so there were so it's just astounding like you're in the middle of maryland and then all of us there's just thousands of people <laughs> coming to this fiber festival which is amazing and nobody i ran into people on the shuttle like from the airport and stuff that were going but all the drivers anybody that was in maryland was like you're going to what and i'm like oh my gosh this is a huge festival right but you do have to be in the wool world so anyway i got there went in uh and it was just like for the first 15 minutes i was just like whoa um, it is big. I think that there's like eight or so buildings. There's tents of vendors. There's vendors in the buildings. There are sheep shows going. There are dog shows going. There's just a lot going. And you're like, holy cow. And every type of food vendor, festival food type food. Um, anyway, it was, it was a beautiful day. I mean, I think it ended up being in the low 70s big blue sky, big, beautiful white clouds. Could not have asked for more for my first year. And I only had about five hours to wander around, which um, was probably okay. I got a taste of everything. I felt like I got the shopping in that I needed to get. I mean, I could have done more, but I felt good about it. And I was very mindful. I'm going to show you guys what I have here. Um, it was just really, really cool. There was a, so I've got some videos for you. I think when I was wandering around, around a little bit, I've definitely got some sheep videos and I have got, and from the sheep show, and they had this crazy cool, they had an auction going. So they had a whole uh, tent that was used equipment, which most of these festivals have, but this was a live auction, like for reals, legit auctioneer up there just it was just so cool and people had their chairs out and they were just enjoying this beautiful beautiful afternoon in a magical place so anyway um and i got to see so many of you it was the best um i missed a few of you i got to see some of you i didn't know i was gonna to see it was just so fun i'm gonna throw some pictures up here because it was so fun to get to meet people that are either in my fiber club or following me on instagram or follow me on youtube whatever it was just really really ah it filled my it filled my heart for sure and it was an amazing festival it is a hand spinner's dream a hand spinner's dream and from what everybody i've heard from um, that has gone to rhinebeck they're like if you're a hand spinner or you're more on the ag side in the wool world go to maryland sheep and wool before you go to rhinebeck because rhinebeck's a little bit more yarny nothing against that but if you like to spin your own yarn you want to be able to buy a lot of fiber too so or be surrounded by that so anyway rhinebeck i'm not trying to put rhinebeck down at all i'm just saying what i the consensus is if you are a hand spinner and you can only go to one go to maryland sheep and wool um so I bought some stuff. I don't have too much of it with me here. I bought one fleece, you all, that's it. I'm gonna tell you, I went into the fleece show and I was looking for one of my Fiber Club subscribers and I didn't see her and it was so crap. I mean, there were so many fleeces. I heard that they started the day with 900 
raw fleeces we're talking about. And um, by the time I was checking out about four or five, probably four-ish, I bought my fleece. They were down to like 300 fleeces. Holy cow. And there were fleeces galore. People were just cruising around with fleeces. Um, so I was lucky my parking was so easy because I could run back with my fleece and I kind of waited till towards the end to buy it. Um, I honestly <laughs> can't remember what the fleece is, but it's okay. I don't want to tell you now anyway. Um, I ended up shipping that back in a box once I got to my dad's house. I did have to ride on the airport shuttle with it, so that was pretty funny. Um, we got a picture. I'll show it here because my sister and I love to dork out when we're together and she came at the end of the day um, after the festival basically and we headed out to North Carolina the next day. But we had to ride the airport shuttle for my dad to pick us up as we dropped off the rental car and we are such dorks that we were like, <laughs> poor shuttle driver, take a picture and look like she's crazy, which wasn't that hard to do because he was like, you two are crazy. Uh, anyway, I will next time I film, I will have the fleece. I'm going to show you the fleece and I'm going to tell you why I bought this particular fleece because there were a lot of fleeces and there were certainly a lot of, I'm going to say fancier wools than the one I bought, but this fleece was beautiful. It was grown in Maryland. I am grown in Maryland. I grew up in Maryland. So I just decided to do one fleece. When I first went in, I was like, I'm going on wool buys for the next couple months. I don't need wool. And then I trickled back in there later when it had settled down and I was, and this fleece just spoke to me and I thought this would be really fun um, to just have for me as a reminder and make something fun out of it. So, uh, and then I have some wool in that box too. But what I have today is, um, and I was very mindful of my purchases because I didn't want to blow a lot of money. I don't have a lot of money to blow basically. And, um, I, but I wanted to support people and I also wanted wool <laughs> that I hadn't processed cause I love spinning wool from other processors. So I got, and this is all one batch, but so this is one of my purchases. I prob I bought the most from this farm and it is, I'll put this stuff in the show notes, bow layers. I'm going to say um, I'll, I'll put it here down below and then, and they're out of Troy, Pennsylvania. So this is one of my favorites y'all. And I, um, I saw their booth and was like, yes, this is where I want to be. So this is Rommeldale CVM. A lawnmower is about to go by. We'll just let him go by. Nobody's really working today. It's very warm here. Okay, so this is Rommeldale CVM. It's the natural color. If you have not spun Rommeldale, you are missing out. Or if you haven't knitted with Rommeldale, you can definitely find the yarn. And in fact, I know you can 100% get it from this farm. Um, so I bought eight ounces. I think this is eight ounces of this natural light brown color. Oh, and the brown. It's like the, per it's just perfect. And they have more. So if you love it, go on there and then tell them you heard about me on the vlog when you went to buy it. Um, so there's this. And then I decided, well, I think I might want to do a vest because I was trying to be mindful, right? So I thought, let me do a vest and maybe like a color work vest. So this is another of the colors. Natural color. Hello. I really had a hard time. I actually went by their booth and then I was like, I talked to them. They're super nice. They basically had roving yarn and a couple other things from their sheep. And um, I talked to them for a few minutes and said, I promise, I know people say this, but I will be back. I just don't want to have to carry it all right now. So I did go back. They were my last stop for the day. And then I got, so I got um, 
eight ounces of this, two ounces of this color, and then I got two ounces of this natural color. Hello. And they did have, they had a gray, a natural gray also. That was stunning. I think they had just one shade of gray. Anyway, they also have yarn. And um, like I said, if you haven't, oh gosh, I'm so excited to start this. And my wheel, my upstairs wheel at home is naked right now. It's ready to start something. So we're gonna do that. Okay, all the, their links will be in the show notes. So go below, click on the arrow down, I think is what it is, and then it'll show you all these. Or it'll give you a link to find these. And I will talk more at length about everything else I bought next time. And I'll talk to you about, like I said, about why I bought the fleece I did. And um, are you just like, what's going on with her shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I think I've worn this shirt on here before, but it's my favorite summertime shirt. It's from Best Furry Friends. If you aren't aware, Beth Stern, married to Howard Stern, the radio talk show man. <laughs> um, it's his wife and they do lots of cat rescue. So um, anyway, I have like all the Best Stern shirts. Before I go to show you the videos, and I think I'm going to do a little farm tour because I know it's been a while, and this um, and this will be pretty short, pretty short and painless. Um, okay, I had to pop this in because I realized I said how much I loved Rommeldale, but I didn't really say why. So let me explain to you just very quickly why I love Rommeldale, and um, and the reason that I love it so much. It is a fine wool, so it's up there with merino when you get into micron counts. You know, obviously there's a fluctuation, but in general, it's considered a fine wool. It's called Rommeldale CVM, Rommeldale California Variegated Mutant. It is a name. I believe that if it's a natural white, it's uh, Rommeldale, the CVM, adds in the colors that can, the natural colors that the sheep can now come in more often. Um, it's just a really, really stunning. It's a very lightweight wool. A friend of mine, Sandy, she knit, I think she, I can't remember if she knit a sweater or a vest, but we were recently talking about it and it is the lightest little thing. The, the fiber, it just spins up like a fine wool. It's light, it's beautiful and it's underrated for sure. So I just wanted to pop on it and say why, if you haven't spun it, give it a go, especially if you are more prone to spinning on the finer side of wools as far as microns, give it a go. I don't think you'll be disappointed. So, okay, back to our show. Um, so the last couple questions from the last time. And there may be a few more. I'll go on and check again before I come on again. Feel free to ask questions below. Sarah, you are the winner from last time. If you're watching this, I have not forgotten you. I closed my computer down today as I was shipping, and then I was like, oh my gosh, Sarah. So you're on my list for your fiber to go out on Monday. So, um, okay, last couple questions from the last time. Eleanor asked uh, if I know anything about sheep breeds that thrive in different climates. I'm going on the assumption it doesn't really matter where you are. There are definitely different sheep breeds that thrive well in different climates. Um, here in the Pacific Northwest, the breeds we tend to see the most of are heritage breeds, Shetland, Icelandic, Jacob. There's a reason, super hardy. Heritage, they've lasted for a long time. There's a reason, they're super, super hardy sheep. Uh, their wool does well in the wet rain. Their feet do pretty well in the wet rain. 
So those are going to be in the wet, kind of what we see. Romneys, I think Romney sheep are a pretty sturdy sheep that kind of tolerate all different climates. If you're looking for fine wools, you want to be, you're either going to have to coat them if you're in the rain or if you're in drier climates, then fine wools tend to do better. I don't know as much about keeping fine wool sheep. I know you have a few more issues with fly strike and different things like that because they, um, because it can get warm, they can get a little bit gunky and their fleeces are super dense. Um, but if you're in a drier climate, that's where you're going to see some of those finer wool fleeces. If you go out to Eastern, Eastern Oregon, you're going to see them even central Oregon where they get much more rain. Um, if you go East coast, you're going to get more. It just, they need drier weather, right? And if you're in a super hot climate, I am not sure uh, what the best breed is for you. I mean, obviously Navajo churros have a lot of wool and they tend to be down in, in um, New Mexico, Arizona area. So, um, you know, I mean, the wool is meant to help them mediate their, their body temperature, whether it's warm or whether it's cold. If they have a fleece on there, it does help to regulate both ways. So um, anyway, you could certainly find out more online, I'm sure. Um, reaching out, if there's breeds you're interested in, reach out to the breeders associations and they can help you for sure, more than I probably can, but there's some basics. Um, Victoria asked me about the price of my carter and where my carter is from, uh, which is a great question. Uh, the price, okay, so my equipment is all Belfast Mini Mills. They are a company out of Canada. They still exist. Uh, my equipment is probably 20 to 30 years old. I'm gonna say it's about 20-ish years old. Most of it keeps on ticking. Super old carting equipment will keep on ticking. All of these machines are not super complex. They just need to be maintained and you have to be able to fix them when they break, um, which is not complicated because it's not super computerized depending, older machines. Um, newer machines I don't know as much about. So mine are Belfast Mini Mills. They still exist. They still make equipment, family-owned business. They pick up the phone when you call and answer your questions. They're pretty amazing. They're pretty amazing. Um, the cost of my Carter, which is a great question. I didn't look, but I'm going to guess that my Carter used was probably about thirty to $35,000. I think they're somewhere in the range of 50,000 to 55 new. Um, so if you can find used mill equipment that works or that you can get working, hurrah, um, because it does maintain its value and it is, people are looking for it. So, um, but it's not a cheap investment. And then that's just the price of the carter, right? You need all the other equipment. You need to be able to scour wool. You need to be able to, well, in theory, you want to have some sort of ventilation. Like we have a, a um, air duct that pulls stuff out of the air from the machine. So I'm not just constantly breathing up all that stuff. So anyway, but that gives you a rough idea of the cost of my carter. I think they're all probably in that range if you buy a used one. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I hope that helps. And then somebody else asked about the staple lengths of my Halsey blend. So in general, when you're blending fibers, you want to have your the fiber staple lengths, the lengths of those actual fibers to be similar because generally speaking, the shorter fibers are going to fall out when you're carding. If you're using like a carding machine, even a hand crank carding machine, but definitely on these bigger carters. Um, 
The Halsey blend is a great question. So it's a Romney alpaca and silk blend. So um, the fibers are probably about within an inch. The silk is kind of its own thing, but the silk does tend to stay in the fiber. Silk doesn't like to travel on its way once it's blended. So that allows the silk to stay in there. And there's a very minimal amount of silk in the Halsey. I think it's 5%, not very much. A little silk goes a really long way. The Romney I get, while Romney is a longer staple length breed in theory, most of the time, um, most of the people, well, I know the person I buy from, she shears, most of the people around here, I should say, shear every six to nine months when they have Romneys. Nine months is kind of the average. So that takes the staple length down. Usually I'm working with a staple length of four inches or so when it comes to the Romney. The alpaca somewhere, I always look for longer alpaca. Um, which tends to mean that it's younger alpaca because their fiber gets shorter as they age. Um, so the fibers are, I try to keep them, I try to keep them similar. You know, I don't buy really long Romney so that I can keep it a similar staple length to the alpaca. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, it's not going to be perfect, but uh, I don't have a lot of excess loss. So that's a good thing. Uh, I think that's all the questions. I'll go back and look to see if any more questions have come in. Feel free to ask questions if you would like on this one. And I think I'm going to let you guys watch a few videos and then I will be back to say goodbye. So enjoy the videos. Enjoy my little teeny slice of Maryland sheep and wool and a little hello on the farm. And I'll see you guys in a minute. <laughs> all right i hope you enjoyed the videos i know it's just little slices from the festival but i was uh, uh, i don't even know if i was overwhelmed a friend of mine said she's worried she would be overwhelmed in all the good ways at maryland sheep and wool i was definitely overwhelmed for the first 15 minutes or so and then i kind of settled in and was like just walk you could certainly go with a better plan than I had. If I was going to be there longer, I think I would have had a better plan so I could have enjoyed the dogs and I could have enjoyed the sheep show and this and that. But as it was, I got a really good taste of the festival. Um, and I hope you grabbed a little piece of that from the video. So uh, I think that's all for this time. Short and sweet. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, get over there. I do sales 
hint, hint. And um, sometimes the codes are only via email or my new Patreon community. Um, you get codes there and sometimes you get bigger codes, discount codes, but you definitely get one every month depending on the level you go to. So um, pop over to my website to get on the newsletter. Down in the show notes is a link to my Patreon if you want to get in on that community. I do have the Zoom for that one coming up, I think, uh, next weekend, next Saturday on the 20th or so. So um, pop in there if you want to get into a spinning community or a fiber community. It's not just spinners. It's everybody. And that's it. Okay, everybody, take care. Stay healthy. Be kind to your neighbors. Be kind, be kind and make so many pretty things until I see you next time. Take care.